in 86. N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Club. Are you just looking for Pokemon in my house? I feel like if you catch Pokemon in my house, you should pay me a fee. It wasn't in your house. A finder's fee. It was across the street. What was it? It was just a, a Caterpie. But Is that you know, everyone, every little Pokemon counts. I subscribe to the theory that you ought to catch them all. I've already caught like 50 Caterpies. And I already evolved one into a Metapod, which I then evolved into a Butterfree. But I can make my Butterfree stronger if I keep catching Caterpies. But I'm not really interested in making my Butterfree stronger. Okay. I'm most interested in making my Starmie stronger mm-hmm. and um getting enough stardust to evolve some of my lower level pokemon up and how do the pokemon feel about this uh what do they want they're simple beasts they just want to be captured who cares what they want have their rights infringed upon they don't have rights they're beasts and fought against each other in cruel contests to the death all right, man. We should probably talk about these books. Books. Um, did you see that we got a review today on our iTunes? Uh huh. Um, yeah, I've been reading some of them. Did you see the one from a little character called Beefsteak Jake? Baby Beefsteak Jake. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that there's somebody out there who just happened to be called Baby Beefsteak Jake and then discovered our podcast. That must have been a hell of a day for him. Yeah. <laughs> just like, what? Like, what? <laughs> I thought it was the only one. People have really latched onto this bee thing. I'm glad. I'm pleased to hear it. I think that's going to be, I think the bee emoji is now like our, <laughs> our emoji. Yeah. What do you want to talk about today? I want to talk about pets, baby. Oh. I want to talk about you and me. I, I want to talk, talk about, about Jesse Ramsey. Ramsey. <laughs> I want to talk about all the cat things and, and the, the dog, dog things, things that we can. That's good. Pet. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> our pets. Good. Uh, our first ever song parody. That was parody. That wasn't copyright <laughs> infringement. That was parody. Free use. What's it called? Uh, it's Fair not, use. It's not, it actually, actually. Oh. Maybe. Yeah. You know what? It is a parody. Yeah, it's a parody. It's a parody. It's like Weird Al. Yeah. Except better. I think our other version of that song that we sing to one another every day at lunch. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about lunch, baby. Yeah. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things we, we can, can eat. eat. Yeah. I don't know if that's parody. Huh. Maybe it is. Yeah, I guess that is, too. I mean, it's also... What like- we're saying is, like, let's talk about sex is, like, the the final stage Right, but there's so much that comes before it. Like, yeah. let's talk about lunch. You got to talk about lunch first. Let's talk about. Do you have any pets? Yeah, <laughs> getting to know you. Yeah, let's talk about pets. Baby, hi, 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 and welcome to the Babysitters Club Club, a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and I, Tanner Greenring, talk about pets. Baby, Baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're also going to talk about you and me mm-hmm. and. We're going to talk about all the good dogs and all the bad dogs. All the bad uh, leaders of the Babysitter Club. Ugh, tell me about it. Wow. Um, this was the now third Jesse or Mallory book, uh-huh. I think. 
maybe the first. Are you just they they do they are lumped together in this way that their books are somewhat indistinguishable. Yeah. And the reason that I lump them together is because they are kind of a law unto themselves in the babysitters club. Mm-hmm. They are always kind of pitted against the babysitters club and like in the course of it even though they're 2 years younger than these girls. Right. They come across as like reasonable, sane. Like, right. I would get a beer with them, you know. Yeah, I think the the older girls in the Babysitters Club, they're just all ego now, and they've become almost parodies of themselves. Yeah, because they're so self obsessed. Yeah, and so like into their own like labels. Yeah, they think that like you give them a fucking title, and like they think they're like god's gift to babysitting right meanwhile mallory and jesse are just walking around like doing a fucking incredible job they're branching out like nobody in like the last time somebody sat a pet in the babysitter's club right was in book one christy christy's great idea right and it went terribly pinky pinky and buffy and buffy which is they were two saint bernards though they were big boys yeah but that's like that's like literally one Less dog. Jesse sits like more dogs than Christy did when she sat Buffy and Pinky. Right. And she also sits a snake, like eight birds, five hamsters. Right. A guinea pig and like three and like a deaf cat. Yeah. That's insane. Since I've got you here. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Since you are taking a little bit of time away from Pokemon Go to mm-hmm. spend with me, mm-hmm. which is something that I deeply appreciate. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe we would describe this book that we read for the Baby Nation. Yeah, I guess. Right. Yeah? Yeah. Not into it? We, I mean, you know, we no, it's fine. To... I just, I don't, know, I don't know why we need to describe a book that they just read along with us. That is a good point. So, what's the point? Like, I, w- I, might, I would posit for you that it is not outside the realms of possibility that some listeners of this podcast haven't been catching up on their reading. Okay, they're not welcome to listen. <laughs> if that applies to you, turn the podcast off right now and either go read the book and come back to us or just don't listen. <laughs> or a third option, we will describe for you today what happened in... Babysitter's Club. Don't say the number. Number. God damn it. Jack. 22. Jesse Ramsey, Pet Sitter. Let's talk about the book, baby. Let's talk about the book. What I'm going to do is, as is tradition here on this, is at this point, storied ancient tradition here on this podcast. Yeah. Baby Nation, I want to tell you what happened in this book. Whew, it is heating up in here, man. You told me to turn off the air conditioning. I got I to slick I, a sweat over I'm my whole to, body now. Uh, <laughs> Baby Nation, you should know that it's probably because it's going to affect how this podcast goes as we wilt over the course of it. Uh, I, we made an executive decision to turn off the air conditioning in my house, and it's for fucking you. hot so, yeah. that we, so that the audio doesn't pick it up. Right. It, so these are the things, Baby Nation, these are the things that we do for you. Yeah. We read these books for you, and frankly, we are aware that not everybody is reading along like they should be. Uh-huh. Um, disappointed in you. Disa- oh, not angry. Not angry. Just disappointed. Very disappointed. Um, but, you know, that's what we're doing. We're providing a service here. Let me tell you what happened in this book this week, and then I'm going to put 60 seconds on my little timer, and I'm going to have you fill in the details that I missed out. Okay. The mysterious town of Stony Brook, Connecticut is not on any map. And if you think its location is strange, wait until you meet the residents. 
Talking birds, multiplying hamsters, the world's most fashionable dogs, and a worrying amount of disappearing snakes. But the most dangerous beasts in Stony Brook aren't the reptiles or the roaming packs of dogs. The most dangerous beasts in Stony Brook are named Marianne, Christy, Claudia, and Dawn. And as young Jesse Ramsey is about to find out, there's a beast inside all of us just waiting to get out. Jesse Ramsey, pet sitter. Good? Yeah. Good, thank you. I liked it. I think it was pretty good. I think you got a lot of it. I think you got a lot of the, the text mm-hmm. kind of covered, but um, as usual, I'm going to kind of follow along with that little cart and, and broom and sweep up your droppings. <laughs> That's a nice metaphor. And, uh, you know, give them to the baby nation. <laughs> okay, lovely. Lovely. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this timer here, and you are going to tell me what happened in no more and no less than 60 seconds. You got it in your mind? Yep. Let's do this starting now. Okay, so uh, the there's a new family in town, the Mancusis, I think, mm-hmm. and they don't have any kids. They're probably barren. Uh, they have tons and tons of dogs, cats, turtles, Fish, hamsters, birds, all sorts of stuff. Uh, they need a pet sitter. Jesse's got a week off from ballet class, and the um, Braddocks are out of town. So she's got the week off. So she can come walk the dogs and feed everything every day. She does that. Um, in the meantime, the uh, Babysitter's Club decides there's some infighting. There's some civil war. There's some tension. And they decide to hold elections to see who, sh- who should be elected to what positions. Um, Jesse Ramsey is forced to take sides. Um there's a hamster. It has babies. They hold general elections. Everyone is elected back to their same post unanimously. Uh, everything is happily ever after. Oh, and Jesse Ramsey gets to take home one of the baby hamsters to keep it as a pet. As does Mallory. 60 seconds now. Woohoo! That was pretty good. So does Jackie Radowski. Oh, yeah. Oh, as does Jackie Radowski. Uh, yeah, this book, I think, could have and should have been called Babysitter's Club Civil War. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It was good. There was a lot of tension between the babysitters. Everyone all at once decides that Christy Thomas is too bossy. Yeah. Uh, She tries to impose top-down her will upon everyone by having them sign off on this checklist each week to verify that they've read the Babysitter's Club notebook Mm -hmm. that week, as they are all required to. Right. Uh, It sounds an awful lot like the, I think it was called the Sokovian Accords? Yep. In Captain America 3 Civil War. You caught that. Yeah. What I mean, it, what it is, is it's government bureaucracy getting in the way of citizens just trying to do their job. Yeah, but if these powers are left unchecked, like, who's to say how far these babysitters could go, you know? Right. Well, that's... It sounds like we're lining up on opposite sides of this debate here. Uh-oh. I believe in smaller government, in a babysitter's club, not right. making any... Sweeping political statements here. Okay, great. It's a slippery slope, Jack. If we have no top-down government in the Babysitter's Club, Mm -hmm. pretty soon we're going to be babysitting cats and dogs. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) First of all, I think that I have been advocating for pet-sitting as an obvious growth industry and like obvious new arena for the babysitters to get into sure great for a long um, time. let's start taking care of um geriatric people who just need young people to come read to them fine do you want to live in a growth economy 
Or oh, let's do read. you want to just isolate? Let's, read, let's, uh, let's take care of people who are in hospice, who are dying from terrible diseases and need help. You know, That like, sounds like a laudable goal. Okay. L- l- sure, us six babysitters will take care of uh, uh, ailing people. We'll take care of elderly people. We'll take care of babies. We'll take care of dogs. We'll take care of cats. You know, like... I don't... You're... You're opening up the floodgates, man. And so you're also in favor of this tax and spend policy where babysitters just have to pay massive percentages of their hard-earned money uh, to buy kid kits and pay for Christie's brother to drive everybody around and just, yeah, man, like, you, every week, oh, let's just tax and spend. You It'll drive all, on the like, roads, don't you? <laughs> you know who keeps up those roads? The Babysitter's the Club. The Babysitter's Club. Because <laughs> apparently we're doing that now, too. Wow. Because there's no fucking checks and balances. <sighs> what do you want? You want you want big government. Yeah, I think you want, so. You want sweeping bureaucracy. You want the, the wheels. No, no, no. I don't of, want any of that. You know what I want? What? I want a dictatorship. There's yeah. one person qualified to run the Babysitter's Club. That's Christy Thomas. Christy Thomas. Wow. Wow. All hail <laughs> our great and glorious leader, Christy Thomas. This is, I, this is... I would follow Christy Thomas into the dark, man. She like she makes all the right calls every single time. Yeah, you want me to check... Uh, if You know what? If it keeps me safe, if I can go home every night and have peace of mind that everyone else has read the... Babysitter's Club notebook like I have? Yeah, I'll sign your list. So you're happy with no term limits? Absolutely not. Wow. I think when Christy Thomas dies, Christy yeah. Thomas Jr. takes over right where Christy Thomas left off. Like Karen Brewer, maybe? Sure. <laughs> I think that'd be, that'd be pretty radical. I, th- I think this it'd, be is, a, it'd be an entirely different Babysitter's Club. I can't believe that you read... I feel like you didn't read the same book as I did. This is a book that's about broken government. Like this is a book that poses a question. No, it's not. And the question Jack, that poses: They hold general elections is, at the end. And do you want change or do you want more of the same? More of the same is what they want. That's what they, they hold want. General elections at the end, and guess who wins president? Unanimously. So Christy Thomas. Christy Thomas. She also did this like weird political maneuvering when they decide. So they the babysitters get in this huge fucking fight. Yeah. Because Christy's being too bossy. Right. And then Christy is like, "Fine, let's ha- let's hold an election." And then she does this crazy, like, gerrymandering, like, let's, like, change the voting laws so that no babysitter can vote for herself in the office that she currently holds. Because she's obviously done the math and knows that if she does that, she'll hamstring the competition no, and she'll Jack, end up being she, president. She was avoiding gerrymandering by eliminating ties. And making it so that no babysitter could vote for themselves. It's yeah, it's a fundamental American freedom to be able to vote for whoever you want. And guess who's stepping on it? Christy fucking Thomas. No, she needs. There need to be checks and balances in in the babysitters club. Like yes, I agree. That's why we need checklists. That's why we need (laughs) someone keeping an eye on us. That's why we need Big Brother. Like Christy keeping her all seeing eye on you. Yeah. Wow, I'm. I guess I shouldn't. I shouldn't be surprised. You've always been a Christie at a heart. If it was any other babysitter, I'd be right there with you. But I trust Christie, man. Christie is a future I can believe in. I I love that you bring up the word trust. Like the primary topic during this campaign season was trust. And yeah, because no one trusts Christie, and Christie trusts. No here's one. don't don't you trust us? Marianne says when Christie introduces the checklist. Of course, I trust you. The checklist will just, well, 
prove to me that I can trust you. Makes sense to Plus, me. Plus, I won't have to ask you about reading the notebook anymore. Makes sense to me. She's cutting out down on bureaucracy, man. She's automating things. <laughs> a good government is built on trust, and Christy, I don't know, Christy steps all over it. And what's surprising to me at the end of all of this is that they end up voting Christy back in again, yeah, which to me is just leader. like Anna Morton saying, our government is broken. It can never be fixed. It's a really, really dark novel. <laughs> I think Anna Martin loves Christy. I think Christy is Anna Martin's favorite character. I feel like Christy is in some ways the heroes of these novels. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that's supposed to be a good thing. You know, I always have this thing, in general, the first character you're introduced to and kind of get a point of view from right. tends to be the, the hero of a novel. Like Ned Stark. No, it's Bran Stark in those books. <laughs> oh, and right. I went through all those books like thinking of Bran Stark as like home base yeah. and like the hero of the books. <laughs> and then like he goes off the fucking deep end and turns into like a weird tree all-seeing crow monster in the, the north. Speaking of that, I wasn't going to bring this up quite so early, but this seems like a good time to very briefly dip into Claudia's closet. Let's open up that closet door and see Creek. Creek. Let's open up that closet door and see what insane shit Claudia was wearing today. Yeah. Claudia was wearing another of her great outfits. This one consisted of an oversized short sleeve cotton shirt with gigantic leaves printed all over it, green leggings, the same green as the leaves on her shirt. Bright yellow push-down socks, purple high tops, and in her hair, a headband with a gigantic purple bow attached to one side. Yeah. She's dressed as a fucking tree. Yeah. Or, <laughs> like, a Pokemon tree. I know Pokemon's kind of on my mind these days. Yeah. As a Pokemon Go. Yeah. But as you were saying that, and as I was picturing it, I was thinking of a Pokemon trainer. <laughs> like, maybe a trainer who focuses on a plant yeah, Pokemon. Plant type Pokemon. Yeah, it'd be like plant enthusiast trainer challenges you, and it's just Claudia Kishi, and she like, pulls out like a <laughs> bell sprout. Yeah, that's all I had to say about Claudia's closet. Like, what the fuck, Claudia? You got up one morning and you were like, "Oh, I don't like any of my outfits. I'm gonna paint leaves onto a T-shirt and like dress like a tree." Yeah. And everyone's going to, like, it's going to blow everybody's mind. Right. Here's a true fact, Tanner. Here's a true fact, Jack. Here's a true fact, Tanner. Yeah. This book is about pets, and we haven't talked about pets. We got to talk about the animals in this book. Okay. I've got, I've got something okay. for you. All right. Um, the Mancusi's house is full of animals. Most of them are harmless. Right. Jesse goes over on the first day mm -hmm. and is introduced to all the animals. Mm-hmm. By the Mancusis before they go on vacation. Um, there's a lot of them. They're all very friendly. They're all very nice. They all appreciate Jesse. They take pets well. Mm -hmm. And then, then I met the reptiles. The aquarium full of turtles wasn't too bad. I don't love turtles, but I don't mind them. What was bad was Barney. Ugh, Barney. Barney is a snake. He's a very small snake. And he isn't poisonous, but he's still a snake, is what Jesse says here in the book. I believe mm -hmm. that Barney is, at the very least, evil. Mm -hmm. At the very worst, Satan. Wow. Yeah. 
Or Snake in the Grass. Oh, you think it's Logan? Logan. Where was Logan this week? He Anybody never, hear from him? He never came up. Oh, he was busy. He was weirdly busy this week. He, uh, unfortunately... Is, like, wait, are you saying Logan is a shapeshifter? I mean... He's literally a snake in the grass? How many snakes were in this book? One. Two. Mm. Do they or do they not Barney. mean a massive boa constrictor? Oh, there is a massive boa When Jesse takes the a pregnant hamster to yeah. the vet. How many snakes do you normally see in your daily life? Zero. Zero. This book is full of fucking snakes. Yeah, it is weirdly full of snakes. It's but full how does of that, snakes. How does that back up your argument that Logan is a snake? I'm just throwing some it out kind there. Of, some kind of s- skin shifter. <laughs> well, you're, I feel like you're making my case for me. Um, it is weird that they get into some antics with Barney the Snake when Marianne comes over with some babies she's sitting to visit all the animals. She goes to see Barney, mm-hmm. and she takes the lid off. Yeah. And then is is pulled away by Frank the parrot. Right. Squawking, where's the beef, where's the beef, over and over again. Yeah, where's the beef. And Uh, the snake gets out, and I think it's fairly interesting that it's an interaction with Marianne. Yeah, and like I think that Anne Matthews Martin is leaving that a little bit open. I read this book very much as an allegory. Uh And she's leaving it open. Like She knows there's, there's the snake in the grass stuff that we've talked about a lot. Logan is conspicuous in his absence, but we've also noted that he's always kind of in the background. And here we have a book with no Logan, but many snakes. Right. Including a snake that Marianne, unwittingly and in her innocence, lets out into the world. Right. Marianne brings the snake into the world. Yeah. I felt that this book has a parallel structure in many ways, where you have the pet-sitting scenes— where Jesse's dealing with the problems with these animals, like this like wild side of the world that's like scary and unpredictable. Untamable. And at the same time, she's having similar problems with the Babysitter's Club, mm-hmm. which is just falling apart. Right. There's a snake loose. A snake gets loose right. in the Mancusi's house, right. and something goes wrong with the Babysitter's Club. Okay, but then the- that worries me. <laughs> okay. Because at the end of the book... The Babysitter's Club is status quo, man. Still no word from Logan. That's always the way that it is. The, the snake is still free. The snake is loose. Jesse manages to get Barney back into his pen. Right. They find him sunning himself on the back porch. Right. But Logan is still out there. Oh, he's still out there. He's certainly still out there. We haven't heard the last of Logan. God, I hope the next book's a Mary Ann book. I mean, these books are always about... Like, the trajectory is always chaos is introduced. Right. The Babysitter's Club represents an attempt to bring order back into the world. Right. Then that becomes nuanced because there's a question, as here, whether ordered or too much order can be authoritarian in the case of Christie. Uh-huh. Like, rigid and bad for society, bad for business. <laughs> it's so complex. But the thing that... Anne and Martin keeps coming back to, and the moment where these books made this shift towards this particular narrative is when Anne and Martin decided to stop these girls from getting older. Uh Uh-huh. She stopped them from aging. She made a choice to have these girls never grow up and be trapped in amber, Uh as we've talked about in previous episodes. Many times. Many, 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 many times. Yep. What 
have we also talked about in relation to these girls getting older? Because with every action, there has to be an equal and opposite reaction. The animals die. The animals die. The animals take Weird take shit happens aging. with the animals. The animals take on the agent. So here's what happens with these pets. And feel free to weigh in. You got two major pets in this book. One, the snake. The snake is death. Yeah. The snake is death. Something that's never going to happen to these girls. These girls will never die. Uh-huh. They will never die. I believe that. The second major animal is... Sn- Snickle Fritz. Snickle Fritz, the hamster. Right. The hamster is pregnant. Right. The hamster is fertility. Ooh, and Anna Martin gets you because she wants you to think that the hamster is dead. Yeah. Every time Jesse comes over, uh, the hamster is by itself in the corner of the cage. I knew it was. I knew it was pregnant from the fucking beginning. Did you? Did you not? No, I thought it was dead. <laughs> she's like, Jesse. Jesse shows up at the Mancusi's house, and she's like, "Oh, there's this fat hamster that's like." non-responsive yeah and i guess like at first i was like nm martin has like a pretty like intense track record of just killing pets yeah she'll just kill your pet man nm martin doesn't give a shit right she'll be like babysitters are probably gonna be okay like the pets are might die yeah the pets will die (laughs) the pets will fucking die um here's what's morbid this is now that i think back on it it's disgusting but the the hamster's always in the corner it's never moving and it's non-responsive and it just keeps getting fatter and fatter every time Jesse comes over. Yeah, exactly. I honestly thought mm-hmm. that it was dead and bloating up with, <laughs> with like gases until like late in the book when Jesse like prods it and it turns around and and hisses at her because it's pregnant. Uh, oh God, that's which would have horrifying. been like ne- thinking back now. That's disgusting, and of course, that is not the like what Anna Martin would have written in this well, book. I, the, the thing that I thought briefly was, I was like, she goes over to the house. First thing she notices, huge fat hamster. Yeah. The second thing she notices, escaped snake. Yeah. And I was just like, oh Uh-oh. man, what are you doing? Yeah. Like this is a children's book. They like, never address. She feeds the snake several times, and they never address what the snake eats. No. <laughs> No, but like I know, yeah. it's like everyone fucking, knows what snakes. Everyone eat. knows what snakes eat. And it's pretty grim. But that's it. The, like symbols of death and fertility, obvious symbols of death and fertility, where like the animals represent life as it would be if it was normal. Yeah, the girls represent what happens. They start off as Christie's president, Claudia's vice president. Don's treasurer, Marianne, secretary. Right. Then they're like, we need to change. We need change. We want change. Like, this government needs change. Like, these elections are bullshit. Let's fucking move forward. Right. What happens when they fucking move forward? Chrissy's president. Claudia's vice president. Don is treasurer. Marianne is secretary. Yep. They fucking just reset the clock. It's as if nothing happened. Right. Meanwhile, in, like, hamster town. It's ten new hamsters. It's ten new fucking hamsters. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. For me, there's this just intense sadness about the fact that, like, these girls are just destined and doomed to repeat themselves over and over and over. And, like, these animals are going to live. They're going to die. They're going to love. And, by the way, I don't know what the Mancusis are doing. They're just, like, letting the hamsters, like, fuck in the cage. Yeah, weird. Like, it's like a weird, like, animal brothel yeah. in their house. <laughs> All the animals are just, like, getting it on with one another. The Mancusis didn't even notice. They didn't like, even notice. That's how much, like, weird orgy animal sex and pregnancy is happening in this yeah. house. They're like, oh, the, oh. the hamsters are pregnant again? Yeah. Hmm. 
who can know? And it's like, yeah, the Mancusis, your hamsters are pregnant. Like, you have fucking, like, male and female hamsters that you haven't, like, fixed. They're sitting in their cages just, like, getting together. Huh. I just thought of something. They had ten fucking hamsters. Like, that up I wonder to the- if the Mancusis are eating these animals. Oh, shit. <laughs> Jesse Ramsey never mentions food, seeing food in the, <laughs> in the Mancusis' house. Okay. It's just like a, it's like a meat farm. <laughs> So, like Je- they come home and Jesse's like, "Oh, your hamster had ten babies," and they both just start like licking just their like- lips, <laughs> and just like, "Oh, huh. good." They've been driven crazy by the fact that they can never have children. They're just like off the fucking deep end. Yeah, like, they're just like they're like, "Well, if we can't have children, we're gonna like breed animals yeah. to like like feast upon their flesh." <laughs> God damn it. Fuck the Mancusis, man. Yeah. I, or or there's like a basement full of like Island of Dr. Moreau <laughs> half like beasts. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing some like perverted experiments to like turn these animals into children. The children that they can never have naturally. Oh, God. That makes a ton of sense. Who the fuck brings a boa constrictor that's not in a cage to a vet? Like Stony Brook is out of control. Yeah. It's fucking out of control. It's like the Bermuda. Like, th- that boy was probably in the jungles of Southeast Asia 10 yeah. minutes earlier. Yeah. Like, yeah. being choked to death by a boa constrictor. Just, like, shows up in a vet's office. It doesn't know he, what like, to do with it. blinks into existence. Yeah. No. And Jesse's like, oh, a boa constrictor. Yeah. Oh, and there's Amelia Earhart. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Amelia. <laughs> I have something I want to talk to you about. Okay. Snickle Fritz the hamster. Okay. Has 10 babies. Yeah. Those babies are distributed amongst the citizens of Stony Brook. Mm-hmm. Jesse gets one. Mallory gets one. Mallory gets one. Jackie Radowski gets one. Mm-hmm. Jackie Radowski desperately wants one mm-hmm. because he recently lost an election of his own to be the class caregiver for the pet bunny mm-hmm. Snowball, Snowy. Mm-hmm. That they have in the class, yeah. Which, I, frankly, I would have voted against him. So Jackie is is really excited, right? Christy does some babysitting for him. She tries to help him win his election. He doesn't. That's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is your theory. Oh shit! From a few episodes ago, yeah. That Jackie Radowski is unfastened mm-hmm. from the normal time stream, right? Which explains why he's so accident-prone. Right. He's just, like, blipping in and out of time. Yeah. Like, he's walking, and then, like, he goes out of time to a whole new time zone and comes back, and, like, he's missed a step, and he just falls over. Right. Right. And I want to introduce a new segment. Okay. That I want to do every time we've got a Jackie mention. Please. It's called Track and Jackie. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! Oh, I love it! Christy is over at Jackie's house, and he's trying to prove how responsible he is by mm-hmm. feeding his dog, Bo. Right. Um, and he runs downstairs to grab Bo's food mm-hmm. from the basement, a new right. bag of food for mm-hmm. Bo. And he gets it halfway up the stairs, and the bag rips open, and s- stuff spills everywhere. Right. Obviously, a time jump has happened. Oh, almost certainly. Yeah. And I think, given the circumstances, Jackie is obsessed with elections right he's obsessed with caring for animals i kind of want to figure out what point in time he jumped to like what would make the most sense there 
I mean, if you were obsessed with elections, maybe you would go back to Kennedy. You think Kennedy? I mean, I feel like that's like if I if I could time jump. We've talked about Stephen King before. Yeah. You th- oh, you think he went back? and he would go back and try to stop. He lived a full life trying to <coughs> prevent the Kennedy <laughs> the Kennedy assassination. assassination. He yeah. lived like a full life. He married. He had kids. Yeah. He lived to be an old man. He prevented Kennedy's assassination, and like one night he was in bed with his wife. Yeah. And it was like 1979, <laughs> and he had prevented Kennedy's assassination. Yeah. And the world was a better place for it. And then he just starts and he like closed his eyes. Dizzy. Yeah. And he opened them, and he was back. Yeah, and that explains why, like, he's, like, in tears. He calls Christy up, and he's weeping. He, like, Anna Martin describes it as, like, Christy answers the phone, and it's, like, it's Jackie Rudowski. And then she's, like, hi, Jackie, it's Christy, what's up? And then, like, all she heard on the other side of the phone was sobs. Right. Which is not, like, an appropriate reaction to, like, losing the fucking possibility no. of taking care of a fucking rabbit He's like, i did so much <laughs> I did. i'm so sad i'm so i can't it was like, all for nothing <laughs> yeah like, i think that holds water man like he, he probably can't... he probably saw the world the 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 beautiful utopia that was yeah the world in which john f kennedy sort of lived yeah and made america a, a, a beautiful place and, yeah and the world and he's back he's it's reagan's america yeah it's reagan's america <laughs> and he just spilled a bunch of kibble everywhere <laughs> and he didn't even get elected to take care of snowball oh man that's horrifying i love track and jackie track and jackie track and jackie i just want to like he's gone places man and i want to figure yeah. out where he's been oh, you that's know beautiful that's beautiful i think the way his time jumping works yeah is whatever he's most focused on. It's like it's a little like quantum leap. Like whatever he's most right. focused on at the time, he'll jump to the most important historical moment and then live a full life in that moment. Yeah. God, that's horrifying. And then he's back and, and he he's just like jumps a back. 7-year-old boy. He's seen he's seen lifetimes go by. So much. And we mean like through epochs. Yeah. Like he was there for the birth of the earth. Oh my He'll be there for the death of the universe. Yeah. Oh, man, Jackie Radowski, what a tragic character. Uh, but tragic but beautiful character. Yeah. Um, oh, I love tracking Jackie. Tracking Jackie. Let's, let's do a, a quick lightning tour through segments. It I was am... kind of a, it was a, it was a light week for some of the old standbys. Yeah. I, I captured stuff, but I'm not super happy with either of them. Yeah, I think, I think that this week, it might even make sense... I want to do tearful moment first because my tearful moment is related to Jackie Rodowski. Okay. Well, well, what was your tearful moment? Tearful moment. I feel like let's hit that with a little more energy. Okay. What was your tearful moment? Um. So Jackie. Loses the election. All he wants is to prove that he's a responsible young man. He wants to to prove to the world that he's capable of great things, like the time he saved John F. Kennedy's life, and it right. was all undone. Yeah. Um. So, but he loses the election. People don't trust him with pets, <laughs> but Chrissy does. Yeah. So Chrissy talks to his mom, and they decide that Jackie should get one of these hamster, hamsters, these yeah. newborn hamsters, right. And Jackie's he's incredibly moved by this, and he says, M- "My own, my own hamster." <laughs> Jackie shrieked, "Amazing! <laughs> what will I name it? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? What color is it?" 
Christy couldn't answer his questions, so he arranged for me to take him over to the Mancusis in a couple of weeks. The hamsters wouldn't be ready to leave their mother yet, but Jackie could look at them and pet them and play with them in order to choose the one that would become his very own. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I think, it, like... Jackie's excitement yeah. and the thought of Jackie Rodowski petting and playing with baby hamsters... Yeah. Like, kind of got to me. I love Jackie. And, I, like, also, the idea of somebody who, in the previous moments, just lost his wife, right. his family... This was this was minutes ago in Like, his minutes head. ago in his life. Like, his entire life, everyone that, like, he's ever cared about... And also, like, this vision of an America that wasn't to be. Right. God, you know what the ultimate tragedy is? That what? day in 1974, yeah, he had just gone to the pet store and and helped his kids pick out hamsters. Oh, Jesus. That's why he's so fucking yeah, upset. Jack Jr. and, <laughs> like, Susie. Uh, yeah, and, like, Jackie Onassis hamster. Yeah. And they named it Jackie Onassis. Oh. And then he he closes his eyes and he and he opens them and he's back. <laughs> he's back. He's back and Chrissy offers him a hamster and he loses it. That is fucking beautiful. Um, I'm not gonna do as good a job as that because I, under my tearful moment section, I wrote two things. I wrote Christy getting Jackie Radowski a hamster. Yeah. And I wrote, I guess when Jesse did a good job with the hamster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Mancusis are very impressed. There was something like for some like there was something a little bit that like pulled at the old heartstrings. Jesse did a fucking fantastic job. Yeah. She's like, I'm worried that this hamster's sick. I would I would have been like, eh. <laughs> She even did like she even did all the proper medical procedures. Uh, she like she didn't it. handle the hamster. Yeah. Yeah, she went to the vet. Even the vet was impressed with her. The vet's like, oh, it's so easy to kill a hamster when it's pregnant. Somehow you got it here, (laughs) like, unscathed. Anna Martin and Matthews Martin, and I know this because of the acknowledgments she writes at the beginnings of the book, like, whenever she tackles a topic that is new to her, like, when she talked about Matthew Braddock, and she, like, had someone who was, like, a consultant who was a deaf person who, like, could talk about, like, the sign language and, like... Um, so like whenever she's talking about something she that that she's not an expert on, she brings in a consultant. Right. I guarantee you that she like talked to a bunch of hamster vets <laughs> before she wrote this book. Yeah. Because there's a lot there's a lot of like gory details about exactly how hamsters give birth and like how you should handle them. Right. So that was that was my that was my tearful moment. Uh, Jesse doing a good job taking care of a pregnant hamster. And the Mancusis coming home from their, like, dream vacation. And Did it ever say where they went? No, it just describes it as a, a dream vacation. Okay. And Christy... Maybe they went to the island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah. Oh, wow. An actual <laughs> island. That makes sense. Yeah. They're, like, pet-obsessed. Yeah. They're like, well, this isn't enough. Like, we have, like, 30 fucking pets, but that's not enough. I'm a little pet-obsessed. Okay. I only have two pets because I live in Brooklyn. Yeah. I have a dog and a cat. Yeah. But if it were up to me, I would have a million pets. Yeah, same. I had a lot of pets growing up. I would just find things. I I grew up in Colorado, and I would just find things in the wild and just take them home. Yeah. I found a salamander once, and I spent a hairy day with him before releasing him back into the wild. Uh, And then one time I was out in my backyard, and I found a turtle, a box turtle, and I brought it home, and I named it Pedro, and... We had two 
two bathrooms in mm-hmm. my house growing up. Uh, one of them was upstairs, and one of them was downstairs, attached to the master bedroom, which happened to be my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I converted the bathtub in that bathroom into a terrarium for Pedro the turtle. And he lived a beautiful, happy life until... Oh, I'm going to have a tearful moment right now. I can feel it. I went on vacation, and my mom called me and said, I have bad news. Ugh, don't you? Our dog, Vern. What? Ate what turtle Pedro? <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, which I still don't really believe. I think my mom was just sick of having a turtle in the house and me turning that bathtub into a terrarium and got rid of him oh. and just told me the dog ate him. Oh, you but, son of a bitch, man. I like f- fuck you it's a fine. thousand Vern ways. Is, Vern is long dead, so because he got his comeuppance. I your mom listens to this podcast, right? I can't imagine. <laughs> I, she she posted something on Facebook the other day that was like going on a road trip, queuing up a bunch of the Babysitters Club club. So I want to know, Don, Don Tanner's mom, Don Tanner's mom, not Don Schaefer. Nope. What happened to Pedro, man? Tell yeah, us the real truth. Tell us the truth. Call hey mom, call me and yeah. leave a voicemail and we'll play it for Baby Nation. Yeah, we'll play it for the ba- the Baby Nation wants to know. Yeah. What happened to Pedro? We're winding our way to a close here. Great. I've been Tanner Greenring. No, we're winding our way to a close. Okay. And, um did you have a Woo. Yeah, I did, but it wasn't a good one. All right. Yeah, me neither. Um, maybe it's the same one. It probably it's always. It always I mean, I is. wrote down a few. They're like, give me yours. Let's just work through them. Baby Nation, listen. We work hard to bring you tearful moments, burns of the week, Claudia's closet, you name it, Track and Jackie. Sometimes it's just not fucking there, man. Sometimes it's not there. This week, there were not a lot of burns, and there were not a lot of tearful moments. But we do the work that needs to be done. Tanner's going to start. What What did you write down as a burn? Potato chips, anyone? said Claude. Oh, I'm starving, I exclaimed, Jesse. Even though I sort of watch my weight because I have to stay in good shape for dance class. Um, can you help me look for them? asked Claude, looking puzzled. Here they are, I announced. I found the potato chips in a box marked Callage Supplies. <laughs> yeah. The three of us crawled out from under the bed. Stood I think up. it's supposed to be collage, right? Well, the text here says Callage. Here they are, I announced. The three of us crawled out from under the bed, stood up, turned yep. around, and found Christy, Mallory, and Marianne staring at us. We all began to laugh, mm-hmm. all six of us. That was so attractive, said Christy. I hope I always come to a meeting just in time to see the three of you backing out from under a bed. My backside is my best side, replied, replied Don. Don. Looking serious. Looking so serious. I guess that's this is like a double hit. Yeah. It is Burn of the Week. Yeah. Christy. And then and And then Baller of the Week. Yes. Don. Don. <laughs> Saying like, yeah. yeah. Like clapping it back. Yeah. <laughs> clapping it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah. Christy was like, hey, assholes, you all have bad butts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like them. That's what Christy... I don't Christy, like looking at your bad butts. I don't like looking at your bad butts. Like, and I'm going to re-implement the fucking checklist system now because of your bad butts and your untrustworthiness. Yeah. 
So clearly that was your burn of the week, too, because you had it captured. <laughs> yeah, that was my burn of the week as well. It was a burn light week. There was another like moment in the book where Marianne starts fucking crying. And, oh, yeah. And Christy is like... And, and, uh, and no, Dawn says... Dawn's like, Christy, you made Marianne cry. And Christy is like, dude... Marianne is literally fucking always, always crying. crying. You can't put this on me. Like, you can look at her the wrong way, and she bursts into tears. Like, this is not me. Right. I have problems with Christy as a babysitter, and particularly this book. Like, she, No, she's an excellent babysitter. Okay, not, at, not as a babysitter, but as a leader of the Babysitter's Club. First of all, like, her resistance to pet sitting as, like, a way to grow the business. Sure, let's just take care of... Um... It's revenue. It's a revenue stream. Like, it works... So is selling drugs, Jack. Do you think they should start selling <laughs> meth? Wow. Is that what you want? You want these, <laughs> these young women to start selling meth? Your words. Oh, it's a revenue stream, we Jack. Should a fu- we should have a fucking election here right now. General election here, and the one rule I'm going to say is that we can't vote for ourselves. Okay, the one rule I want to say is tonight is purge night, (laughs) and all crime is legal for the next 15 minutes. All right. The one final thing I wanted to say before we wrap up and and close this out. Wrap it up. Is I've been Tanner Greenring. Mimi, what a treasure. Yeah. I hope we never lose her. Hold on to that. She's so wise. Yeah. Mimi, Claudia's grandma. Wow. Yeah. She just like, the babysitters are like literally just fucking screaming at each other. Just screaming throughout this whole book. Like, fuck you, Claudia. You're terrible vice president. You can't spell. Like, you're always eating Doritos. Go and I'm die. I'm Claudia's health. And I'm, I'm just, I think Claudia needs to tap the brakes a little bit with the junk food. Yeah. No, and I'm luckily, annoying. she's got a strong role model in Mimi. Yeah. Who will never die. Yeah. Who is... I mean, that's thank God Anna Martin has slowed time on these fuckers because yeah, Mimi's getting only, up there. Only animals are capable of death in this universe. Oh, yeah. So we never have to worry about losing Mimi. What are we reading next week? Next week, we're reading a book called Dawn on the Coast. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. And and Baby Nation, if you follow us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Babysitter's Club Club, you can fucking find nope, it. It's, it's, it's not hard to fucking find it. Babysitter's just Club Club. Google the name of the podcast and just find it on Facebook. It's not yeah, hard. You will see a recent update from us about a indie rock band <laughs> out of California called Super Brat who has an album called Dawn on Dawn the Coast. Coast. And it's Babysitter's Club themed garage punk. Right. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's really good. And Dawn on the Coast is a perfect name. Yeah. Um, and Don on the Coast is the book that we are reading yeah. next week. Oh, and thank you all for reviewing, too. You guys came out in swarms. Seriously, for real. I like I, But keep it up. I read the reviews on iTunes every day, and it's the highlight of my day. It's so nice to, to read all these reviews, so please do keep reviewing and rating the podcast. Um, Listen, we got another podcast to record. Yeah, we're, we're recording a little sister app for you. Tanner. You, Tanner. You beasts. Yeah, you monsters. Tanner and I, Baby Nation, are regular Jackie Radowskis because right now we're going to stop, hit stop on this yep. and hit start on Little Sister Number 2, Karen's Roller Skates, which you will have heard in the past. Yeah, you will have already heard it because we're going to release it we're gonna next week. We're going to time jump back. It's like watching that movie Primer. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. You just It's just wheels within wheels within yep. wheels. Listen, let me tell you something. Hit me. Claudia. You didn't say your name. Oh, shit. I have been Jack Shepard. And I have been Tanner Greenring. This has been another episode 
of the Babysitter's Club Club podcast. Yep. Claudia is wearing, wearing a bra, bra now. No. And the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time Hey, Ken. Uh, So, Pedro, I know there's some prevailing theories about what really, air quotes, happened to Pedro, but I want to remind you that the smell in your bathroom when Pedro lived in your bathtub is something I will never forget. So, while you and Ava were out of town, I as a loving mother, bought Pedro a swimming pool so he could move outside and live where he belonged in the wild, but still be your pet. And after just a day of living outside, I went out to see Pedro the next day, and he was gone. So there's a couple of theories on what happened to him. I think the first one, my theory, is that Vern, our wonderful yellow dog, plotted some sort of Disney-esque escape for Pedro and freed him so he could be out there in the wilderness. I think the other theory is that Pedro was just a very, very resourceful turtle and found his way out of that swimming pool all on his own and went back to his turtle family. So I did not free Pedro, despite what you think. I did not intentionally move him outside so he would be free. He plotted his own escape and and is living happily out in our backyard here these 20 years later. So that's really what happened to Pedro. I love you, and I hope uh, you believe me because it's the truth. Bye.